0: This week on the Sound on Site Walking Dead podcast, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 4, Slab Town, written by Matthew Negrete and Channing Powell and directed by Michael E. Satrazimus. We'll be right back after this. Hello and welcome back to the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast. This is Kate Kulzik, TV editor at Sound On Sight, and I'm joined as ever by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Ricky D, general editor, editor in chief, all that good stuff.
1: Hello, Kate. Hello, listeners.
0: And uh, joining us this week to talk about this episode, uh, episode four of season five, is De and Gupta, our my fabulous. Uh, what is your title? I always forget. Awesome person.
2: Yeah, that that works. That my works. My, my, t- my official title is awesome person. Awesome A person. I'll go with
0: that. Yeah, the, the, what my, the contributing editor. I, I think
1: I think the thing about the Pine is that he does so much that we don't know what to call we him. We don't know
0: what to call him. No,
1: he's sort of like the assistant TV news editor slash blog editor slash assistant TV editor slash
0: Slash he takes critic. care of everything. That yeah. is great. And as I said on Twitter the other day, you're never allowed to leave.
2: Um, yay just
0: like that hey just like that just like that well you know it ties in thematically with this episode before we get into the the episode though i do just want to apologize for my voice (laughs) as i'm sure most everybody can hear i'm sick uh and normally this is the best i can do for right now so uh i apologize for that hopefully i'll be feeling better next week and be a little easier to listen to um this as we always say at the top of the podcast uh this episode we'll just look at the most recent episode of the walking dead and anything that has come previously we're not going to do any spoilers for what's to come we might conjecture but again that's not spoilers um and we'll also make sure any conversation about the or any discussion of the comics is only things that have happened to this point in the comics or in the past i haven't read the comics to pine what about you
2: I have not read the comics. I read the Wikipedia summary, but that was almost a year ago now, so i'm I'm fresh minded
0: and uh Ricky, how about you?
1: yeah, I've read some of the comics, but you know first of all, I can't really remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday so and second of all, they changed so much, so I don't really think it matters
0: yep uh well, let's dive in with this episode. We've been uh theorizing that we were going to get a Beth episode for a while now. I thought we were going to get it in episode two, uh, let alone, uh, episode three. So here, episode four, we do finally get, um, a Beth episode, but rather than what we were maybe expecting of, uh, Daryl and Carol go, you know, kick some ass, uh, you know, take some names and save Beth we focus purely on her and what she's been doing during this time and for once this season there they seem to be extending out something longer than we may have expected and to pine to start with you uh, how did you feel that, like that worked in this episode did you enjoy the Beth centric episode and were you happy or disappointed to get to the end of the episode and realize we were going to be spending at least one more week here
2: I was actually happy. Uh, I was kind of dreading the end of the episode because I thought Daryl would just come in and shoot everyone with arrows and that would be the end of it. And I was actually kind of enjoying the time in the hospital, uh, enjoying the storyline, not really enjoying the characters because they're mean, despicable people and should die painfully. Uh, But I was actually enjoying the storyline more so, dare I say, than I've enjoyed the Terminus storyline so far. Uh, I, I think, you know, having these people sort of uh, uh, put these kind of moral compromises, and how it plays out is is fascinating to watch. And I'm glad we get to see another week with them, and I'm especially glad we get to see sort of Carol in that environment. Considering Carol's been through a lot worse than anything anyone in that anyone than anything anyone else in that hospital has been through, right? I'm actually kind of fascinated to see what happens with her in the hospital, even though I am 98 percent sure. Her entrance in there is just a ploy by her and uh, Daryl to get Beth out.
0: What do you think, Ricky? Wow.
1: I thought I would be the only person that would think that she's sort of like the Trojan horse.
0: Oh, no. you think so, too? Three for three.
1: Wow. Okay, because I was thinking about it, and it took me about a day or so to realize, wait a minute, she's a Trojan horse. So I'm pretty sure in the last episode, Daryl shows up at the end with Noah, and so he knows what's happening in the hospital so therefore, Carol decided to volunteer as the Trojan horse. Um, I thought I was going to be in a minority. I love this episode. So I'm glad you like it too, the pie. And I think this is like my favorite episode of the season. And I don't think it's necessarily the best episode of the season. But it just did so many things that really shocked me and surprised me. And I mean, I've said it before many times on the podcast and also on my Rhythm Reviews, which, you, by the way, you can find over at org If you don't want to wait for a podcast to drop and want to know what I think about the series, read my reviews. But I've said it many times. Uh, is that The Walking Dead seems to do better when it focuses on fewer characters of the the main cast, like the main group of, of survivors, right? And I remember last season, Kate, one of my favorite episodes, which I think you were lukewarm on, but one of my, I think my second favorite episode of last season was Still, which is the episode that focused specifically on Beth and Daryl. And the whole episode was just revolving around those two characters. And I absolutely loved that episode because it really put Beth, in the spotlight and it was the very first episode in which i walked away actually liking like truly liking her character and wanting to see more of Beth. so i think the time that she spent with darrow who of course is a fan favorite in that episode and watching her in the spotlight in this episode just makes me love this character so much that it also reminds me of what is so wrong with the show when it comes to writing some of the other characters, for example, Maggie, her sister, who we used to love, and now we rarely talk about Maggie. Um but yeah, I really, 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 really like this episode.
2: Uh I think we rarely talk about Maggie because Maggie has become such a one-note Glenn following character that there is it doesn't feel like there's any more dimension to her. I mean thinking back on season um thinking back on the last half of last season. Is there, did she even mention Beth even once while the group was separated?
1: No. We, we, so talked, there you go. Yeah. We talked about, about this on the podcast last season, in which, um, there was one specific episode where I, I think, especially you, Kate, you pointed out how you liked what they were doing with her character. I think it's when she goes looking for, uh, Glenn and she has to walk through the bus of like walkers to try to see if he's actually in the bus dead or not. But there was a huge problem with her just totally forgetting about her sister.
0: Yeah. Or if she's not forgetting about her, then, Repressing that in such a way that she can't verbalize it. But the, if that's the case, the show hasn't demonstrated that to us. That's pure, you know, viewer speculation to try to ha- make it make sense. And that's uh, that's asking too much of your audience as far as I'm concerned. It sounds like I'm the, the most lukewarm on this episode of the three of us, but I still did very much enjoy it. I continue to be surprised by how much I'm, how I'm enjoying this season of The Walking Dead and how consistent it's been um because for me of course it airs at the same time as the good wife which is one of my absolute favorite shows on tv and uh and so it's it's always fun to watch my twitter feed go back and forth between those two audiences but uh while i still think the good wife is a much better show um the walking dead has been you kind of you know uh it's been it's been working its way up and in, in shrinking that gap a little bit this season so uh yeah i did enjoy this episode um I particularly enjoyed with this episode about the way that they they handled Beth, and I I think it would have been very easy for the writers or the performer uh, to to make the character shrink down and start accepting what these people around her are telling her, what Dawn and these other people are saying, you're weak. And uh, you need us, and you you can't you couldn't survive by yourself, that sort of thing. But I I really like that I never get a sense that she does believe that she's not just busting out on her own because it doesn't make sense, and it's easier to just try to wait out whatever little span of time she thinks she has before they'll let her go. But when that becomes apparent that that's just not going to happen, I like that she takes action, and I like that that conflict that she has with dawn at the end of the episode where she does keep telling her you're weak uh you can't survive by yourself we can see in her face it's like oh oh honey you don't know me you don't know what i've been through and i'm a hell of a lot stronger than you think i am
1: Mm -hmm. this episode is sort of like a funhouse mirror if you think about the way it opens with her waking up in the hospital which is reminiscent of the way the pilot sort of opens with Rick waking up in the hospital. Now, Rick didn't wake up in a hospital in Atlanta. He was in a, a town, I, I believe, like the suburbs just outside of Atlanta, right? right? But they are in Atlanta, which is where Rick travels to in the pilot episode by, via horseback, right?
0: Yes, that is true. Rick. That is correct. Yes.
1: Okay. So I like the way the episode just opens up, and I do like the contrast between uh, – Dawn's leadership skills, if you want to call it skills, and the way Rick leads his group, and she's like a really tough cop, and she's she's kind of like an asshole. <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. Uh, like she governs the entire commune single handedly. Basically, like she decides who stays, who goes, who lives, who dies and she's kind of like a scary character in the way that the governor was sort of like a scary character like there isn't really there really isn't much of a difference between woodbury and um i believe it's called grady's hospital right i don't think there's much of a difference between those two communities i mean in woodbury at least the governor acted like he cared about his people and sort of treated them really nice until rick and andrea and the rest of the gang showed up here she is ruthless, like she will punish anyone for like the smallest mistakes, like physically punish them. And it's not like a hidden secret. So she's completely different uh, to the governor, like in terms of like the way he would lead his people and the way she leads, like she's very open about what she does and how she thinks and her beliefs, whereas the governor kept everything very secret and and hidden. So it kind of sort of feels like they're retelling somewhat the same story, but the character's or at least this character, Dawn, is completely different than the characters we've seen in the past.
0: That lack of pretense is something I really appreciated about this, actually, because uh, there, there is a parallel there, but again, the like you were saying, Ricky, the big difference, the thing that very much separates it, is that she, Dawn, doesn't pretend that everything's... A-OK, and they're all buddy-buddy, well, then she secretly goes into her room and stares at a bunch of heads. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, there's slightly different uh, psychological issues going on with this character. Uh, I like the... I think they do a good job of of setting up most of these characters. Not all of them. Uh, Officer Gorman is a bit, you know, on the nose and one-dimensional, but I think the other characters, Noah, and even... I. Re- I liked the quick turn from Keisha Castle-Hughes as Joan and uh, and Dr. Edwards. I think they're all surprisingly fleshed out for just one episode.
2: I think, first of all, we can agree that this Dr. Edwards is the more cowardly Dr. Edwards out of the two we have seen on television this year. Who's the other one? Uh, Algernon Edwards from The
0: Nick. Yeah, from The Nick. Right. That's,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I think the thing with Dawn is that uh, – I'm, I'm surprised, Ricky, that, that you're calling her ruthless because it seemed to me that she was very much a cowardly character. Um, yeah, she punishes people, but she only punishes a certain group of people. And I do like the way they're portraying her as someone uh, who likes to maintain the standard uh, the standard power balance because it's what she knows and she's willing to look the other way in the hopes that something else is coming. But it, it seems very obvious to me that what they mention about her just barely holding on to power is really accurate. And I don't, I don't really think, you know, the way with the, the thing with the governor was that he, he held on to power no matter what, when it, when, you know, when it came down to it, he just killed Merle because Merle posed a threat to him. I don't think Don has that kind of thing. When, when push comes to shove, if Gorman had survived and he would have, he would have tried to overthrow Don, I don't foresee Don, having had the capability to actually hold on to power or maybe even the willingness. Mm -hmm. So, so to me, Dawn seems like a much different character and, and that alone just switches up the dynamics from, from Woodbury to, to here, because it's very obvious that Dawn is more of a ceremonial figurehead than someone with actual authority.
1: Yeah. She's like the face, but she's not actually the one making decisions, but I think she's still ruthless in how she treats the people that she stills quote unquote in charge of. I mean, the thing about her, what I wrote in my review is that she's ruling out of fear. Like she's scared of the other officers. She's scared of some of her colleagues. She's also scared of the epidemic. She's scared that, you know, the infection will break into the the hospital and she, everyone will turn into walkers. She, she's just like she is fucking scared. So she is somewhat of a coward. She doesn't have the courage that someone like Carol or Rick Grimes or Daryl has. I don't think she would survive very long out in, like, the woods, like, you know, like, Darrow, Rick, Michonne, et etc. et cetera, because she's sort of, like, living in denial. Like, like with the governor, like, the governor was just an evil, evil character, right? But he wasn't living in denial. Neither is, or neither, neither was, Gareth. Like, they were completely aware of what was happening in their surroundings and the people that they work with and the people that they, they either killed or imprisoned, whereas she's just, like, fucking delusional like she that that kind of scares me. <laughs> like like even if I was her colleague, I would be terrified to be working with her because I wouldn't trust her.
0: Well, I don't know that I would say she's delusional. Uh she just, you know, she has a faith in in the larger institution. She feels like somebody who is very comfortable um not necessarily being the leader, but being in an institution or within an organization. She likes order. She likes procedure. She likes protocol, and so she's doing her best to adhere to that, even in the the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse. Um, and and when uh, you know, so so she has to believe that there is a higher up somewhere that's going to come get them. Like she's just, she can't be the 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 top dog, that's not who she is. She's middle management. (laughs) And so she's keeps, you know, she's holding out this faith that uh, someone else is going to come save them, that they are going to, things are going to be righted. Uh, What I find interesting, I do agree that she's a a coward, um, and what I find interesting about that is we see her hit Beth. Do we see her hit anyone else?
1: Well, not men.
0: Not men, right? Just women or just Joan, j- just uh beth and then she she doesn't even i don't think she hits joan she just gives well, joan co- over
1: she cuts out she, she 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 basically decides that they should cut cut off her leg and she gives her over meaning i i'm assuming that she was given over to the to the male officers and she was like raped or sexually harassed
0: yeah but um, she, yeah they cut off her leg because she'd been bitten by walker
1: exactly but i think she wanted to die
2: I believe it was her arm, not her
0: leg. Her arm. Her arm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But here's my question to Pine. Okay. Do you think it would be better? (laughs) This is going to be such a weird question. But do you think it would be better if you were in this Walking Dead world to live at Woodbury before Rick Grimes showed up as like a citizen of Woodbury and or to live at the Terminus and or to live in this hospital?
2: Well, if those three are my choices, then <laughs> yeah. I, I think Woodbury Woodbury is the best option there because, uh, you know, the the thing with the thing with the governor was that as long as he didn't cross him, you were still a, relatively in a in a good place. Uh, you know, they were protected from the walkers, and th- there was a sense of community and fostering. Uh, being with Garrett, the terminus means eating other people and being. <laughs> At Gray's Hospital means, you know, turning the other cheek to rape. And, you know, Woodbury, as bad as it was, didn't have either of those options. So so Woodbury wins by about a mile. Well, wow. I,
0: I wouldn't say that it didn't have that last thing. We d- may not have seen it. We may have the show may have uh, not followed through with him actually raping Maggie. But uh, I wouldn't it wouldn't uh, it seems a bit presumptuous to assume that that hasn't happened, given yeah. what we know about the. The
1: yeah, but the thing is, okay, if you were, or if I was a character in the show, and I had to live in either Woodbury, or terminus, and or Grady's Hospital before shit hit the fan, I think I would choose Woodbury because, yeah, the governor would expose the people who, just like Don, things can fight back because they're powerful, strong, etc., etc. Has in, for example, Noah's dad, Um but. When you were living in Woodbury at that time, before Rick Grimes shows up with Andrea, et cetera, et cetera, it's actually probably the best sort of community that that we've seen on the show so far. I mean, they had food, shelter, water. They had walls to protect them. Um, the terminus, maybe before they became cannibals, might have been an amazing place to live at, but we don't know because we've never seen that. But the point the point is is that at this hospital, as soon as they rescue you, the first thing they tell you is that you owe us. You owe us. So right away you are now sort of like a slave and you have to work and pay off your debt. And the thing about that is that the house will always win. Like you will always owe the house. Like You'll never be able to pay off your debt because like how can you? You're using their electricity, you're eating their food, drinking their water, listening to to their music, et cetera, et cetera. So basically there's no way out unless you try to escape. And if you try to escape, well, then they're going to try to kill you and or you're most likely going to get eaten by zombies.
0: Yep. It's the company store. Though I got to throw in a vote for the prison before everything went sideways. You know, that seemed like a pretty good place.
1: I don't know, man. I don't remember even one good episode at the prison. Like, freaking Lori died. She gave birth to Judith in that prison. Like, They had
0: they, that barbecue, you know.
1: That, that lasted like 15 minutes.
0: That's because we skipped forward several months. I'm just saying.
1: T-Dog died. Four inmates tried to kill them. Someone got a machete to their head. Those were dark times,
2: you know you know if you are gonna pick a place uh that the that the show has been to through its whole run uh, I'm inclined to say that apartment complex where uh where the governor met those other people whose names I can't remember seems to have been the safest place because. They encountered all of one zombie in there. They seem to have enough supplies to not have to venture out into the outside world. I, I, I would I'd be inclined to say that would that is the safest place we've seen so far, and why everyone chose to leave that place still baffles me to this day.
1: You no, know, the safest place was Herschel's farm. Until, you know, Herschel decided to not tell anybody about the zombies he had stored stored away in like the the barnyard, whatever you call it, and and yeah, all hell broke loose. But yeah. Anyhow,
0: <laughs> let's let's get back to this episode a bit, though. Uh, let's talk about some of these other characters. What did you get? How did you guys feel about Officer Gorman? Was that a little too over the top, or did it work for you?
1: <laughs> yeah, over the top. I mean, a lot of these characters are basically like stock-like characters. I mean, even Dawn, she's not very exactly very fleshed out. Um, but his character, I mean, what do we know about him? He's a rapist. He's going to sexually harass every single woman who he sees walk by in, in the hospital ward. I mean, yeah, his character was really poorly written. I was not a big fan of his character.
2: I I sort of was able to extrapolate about his character based on what we saw. And so it, it worked for me in the sense that I understand Gorman as even in pre-zombie times being this guy who gets off on power. You know, he's probably the kind of guy who stops a woman uh, and claims she was speeding in a zone and then... You know, molests her on the side of the road, and he's probably the kind of guy who cracks off racist jokes, and uh, you know, and knows that no one is going to talk back to him because he's in uniform. He seems very much like the kind of guy who gets off on abusing his power. Uh, so I, you know, that that character worked for me in that sense that the more power uh, Don keeps feeding him, the more he gets, the more important he gets, and, and the more he shows it off in a way that he knows he doesn't have to worry about anything. I I, I mean, I, I may be reading too much into it, but, but it, it sort of worked for me in that context.
1: Yeah, but I think it's clear that Grady's Hospital is run by a bunch of corrupt cops. The only thing I like about his character is, in a way, he actually reminds us viewers and or shows viewers how strong of a character and how smart of a character Beth is, because... She's not fooled by anybody. She realizes right away from the opening of the episode what exactly is going on in this hospital, and she knows that she is in danger. She understands that this dude is most likely thinking about raping her, <laughs> and she's ready to get out right away. And that's kind of like what I like about this episode because it's about building her character, making her character stronger, and and a character who we, who we want to root for, a character who we want to like, and so. In a way, his character helps her character grow, but, I mean, he's useless. And, I mean, it's no big surprise that he's dead by the end of the episode.
0: I don't think that uh, she actually grows in the episode. I think it just demonstrates... The growth she's already had because it's not like she starts out blindly trusting them and then becomes aware she immediately like you say ricky uh she immediately is aware of what's what's going on and so it, it shows you know the good work that they did with her in the second half of last season um so i yeah i would i don't think i'd say that she changes or grows here uh, i think she just demonstrates uh her resilience and her intelligence and uh yeah a, a, she 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 get she reads the situation well and quickly for for Gorman, I don't know where I would have taken the time from this episode in order to to add in some other scenes, but it it would have been nice if there was some sense of the other officers because it really just felt like there's this one guy yeah, and if you just this one guy just dies, that'll take care of the problem, and that yeah. is a little tidy
1: well but okay first of all i do think she grows because yes you are right and i think we're in agreement that she's already a strong character at the start of the episode but i think she still grows and she's never been in a situation where she's been alone like without daryl rick etc cetera, etc cetera, where she's had to for example escape like pretty much escape the prison she had to do it and she actually ends up saving noah at the end of the episode i can't remember and i'm sure there's been at least one scene where she saved somebody in the past but i can't really remember who she saved or when it happened. And in this episode, she's totally badass. Like she's like the next Carol. She's saving people. She's escaping a prison, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you're right. As far as the officer goes, like that's the thing about the episode is it's, it's like, how much can they actually do with 45 minutes or 48 minutes of screen time? You know what I mean? Like they can't, we can't expect the writers to find ways to build the character of like, what's his, what's his name again? Um, Gorman, Gorman, yeah. or even Dawn. We didn't really need to know or see any more of Gorman, to be honest. Uh, Dawn, I think that they should give us a little bit more background and backstory when it comes to like her character. Like, I think we understand her beliefs and we understand her position and we understand how she feels trapped and she's scared and she's a coward, et cetera, et cetera. But I would like to know maybe how she got to be like this character that we see in this episode but um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm actually more interested in talking about like the Doctor and Noah, to be honest. Like, I think those two characters are really interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I would I would absolutely watch the spin-off if it featured Noah, uh, and and that's that's what I was thinking uh, throughout this episode. That it it feels like a lot of the inhabitants of Grady's Hospital. Are a better fit for for a potential spin off show, and as we already know, The Walking Dead is already going to spin off, but i don 't think we 'll be seeing those characters in this show uh, but no i i 'm in full agreement we didn 't need to see more of Gorman, and it uh, noah Noah was a fascinating character, and i I think i 'm glad that we sacrificed time with Gorman to spend time with both Noah and dr. Edwards and uh, these two people who are both trying to survive in the hospital in their own way. Uh, and and we got to peek a little bit more into their mindset because gorman gorman seems pretty one note because i think he is pretty one note i don't think there's much more to him we're not going to find out that he's secretly a fan of shakespeare's othello or anything like that he's that, that's that's pretty much who he is uh based on what we've you know what we've seen is pretty much who he is there there's no more layers to him so i'm i'm glad we did get to spend more time with the other characters and uh I, I do hope we get to spend more time with Noah. I, I, I'm going to bet Dr. Edwards isn't going to survive uh, Daryl and Carol's rampage through the hospital. But, but I do hope we get to see Noah once again.
1: Oh, I hope he survives. And if you want to see more Shakespeare and more lollipops, watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which airs right before The Walking Dead, by the way. Um, but uh, I do want to see more of The Doctor because the thing is, I think it's actually important to have a doctor in your group. And despite the fact that at the end of the day, or at the end of this episode, he ends up tricking Beth into accidentally killing a potential rival doctor, he is still an interesting character. I do like the actor. I think he does a fantastic job in the role. And I don't want to see him go anytime soon. Like, I mean, there was that whole thing where last week we were talking about Milton, right, who was like – uh I guess the governor's like right-hand man, he was like the scientist slash doctor at Woodbury. He was a great character. And I think the actors did a fantastic job in that role. And then he killed him, And I was like, really guys like Dallas Roberts, like why? Like you could have kept him around for a while. Um, But I actually, I thought that was the most interesting or, and most surprising reveal is because I don't know, like I was actually thinking that we can trust a doctor. Like, and I was actually kind of, for once, like one of the very few times while watching the Walking Dead, I was actually surprised when we find out that he actually tricked Beth into accidentally, uh, I wouldn't call it poisoning, but killing the doctor.
0: Oh, see, I thought they did a good job with that. I, uh, Because I immediately keyed, and as soon as he said, no, I said this other kind of joke, I'm like, ah, Beth didn't get that wrong. Yeah, I don't know why he did it, but. He did it, uh, especially just because of the tension with that other doctor um, throughout when he's just trying to get them to not save him yeah. the, the whole time. So I th- I actually thought they did a good job with that. I would like to see uh, both of these characters, Noah and uh, Dr. Edwards, join the, the group, you know, now especially now that we've split off into two. Uh, smaller groups, I think it would be it's a smart way or a good way to um, raise the numbers, give ourselves some more zombie fodder. um and I think both performances were strong and could they could both add interesting things to the to the dynamic um i I should mention. Just because I've been glad to see him popping up on my TV, Tyler James Williams, who plays Noah, of course, is Chris from Everybody Hates Chris. But uh, more recently, he was Steve Urkel, n- not Jaleel White, on Key and Peele in one of their best sketches of the season. And then the actor who plays Dr. Edwards is Eric Jensen, who also uh, it was fun to see him pop up here as well. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you guys? What would you guys put your percentage chance like what do you think is the likelihood that either or both of these characters are going to make it through next week
1: okay wait first of all i have two questions number one do you i'm confused do you agree with me that the reveal regarding how he tricked beth into killing the patient was good or bad
0: no i thought the show did a good job with it because the reveal it it, it didn't surprise me at all it felt natural and it felt like the, it's very well supported to that okay. point and the the that scene for me was about the doctor Figuring, finding out that Beth knew
1: well what I, what I liked about it is that even after we and Beth realizes what he did he still can somehow convinces us that he's not a bad guy mean <laughs> <laughs> like he's like yeah they would have killed me they were waiting for a doctor to show up so they can like get rid of me so it's like it's it's all a matter of survival um second thing is that is the best keying peel ske- sketch so far this season I think. And to answer your question, how long will they last? I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around for at least the whole entire season. Dr. Edwards is a wild card. Um, again, I hope he sticks around, but I just don't see it happening.
0: Depayen? Uh
2: Yeah, I, I get the feeling Dr. Edwards is going to bite it. Uh, not in the least because I think Beth is going to be the one to to finish him off when push comes to shove. Uh, rather than have him join the group because I, I doubt that Beth is very happy with him as circumstances stand. Uh, Actually, when, when, uh, when they had the whole clozapine clonazepam conversation, I actually rewound the episode to go back and, and listen to what he told Beth. And, and I noticed at that point that he did in fact say clozapine. So I, I clued into that. uh, I clued into that little bit of deceit uh, a little earlier than the episode tipped its hand. So, uh, you know, it was the same thing for me. That 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 scene was more about Beth telling the doctor that she knew and that she's not she's maybe not as as stupid as as he may have pegged her. Uh, with Noah, I, I I I also do hope that he sticks around for a while because he seems like a survivor. I'm um, I'm pretty sure that whether he's out in the whether he's out on his own or he's with Rick and his group, he's going to be a valuable asset. And so I do hope that he does join up with them. Uh, And, you know, because I'd really be interested to see how he operates just outside the hospital, especially considering he does know that environment. Uh, Here's a question I have for both of you, though. Given Dawn's current, uh, you know, near fanatical idea that someone's going to put the world back together and uh, then humanity is going to restore itself. Do you guys want to see her get reformed and join Ford and Eugene on their way to D.C.?
1: No. No, but I was... Yeah, I was thinking about that, though. I was thinking, like, she should actually meet Abraham because that might benefit her character um, because she would actually have this potential cure, like, this belief that, that, that Eugene can actually save the world. But, no, it's never going to happen. I just do not need to see Dawn for more than, like, two or three episodes.
0: And I did enjoy the performance, and I thought the character was well well-written, but... Yeah, it might be fun to have her join up with them just because, you know, we're under the 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 belief that uh, Eugene is full of shit. So uh, just to watch her, you know, all of her hopes get dashed by the, you know, the absurdity of them might be kind of fun. But I, I we have other characters in that group that need to get more screen time and development. So on the larger scale, I'd say no.
2: Um,
1: last week I was talking about the geography and I was asking you, Kate, how far do you think they've traveled and how far do you think they are from reaching Washington? And in this episode, we end up back at Atlanta. And then if you think about it, because Daryl shows up at the end of last week's episode, that means he was able to travel from the, uh, the cemetery slash church to the hospital within like less than a day. So they're pretty close. Like in, in a, Basically, Rick hasn't traveled very far in five seasons.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, but they also do have a car. Uh, both the the hospital crew and now Daryl and Carol both have a car. So that, that does change things.
1: No, but but my question last week was I was asking, Kate, how far do you think or how long do you think it would take take them to get to Washington? And I think I could be wrong, but I think it's 10 hours from Atlanta to Washington.
0: By car, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, and that's with straight shot highways, all of that stuff. So who knows how long it would take in a post-apocalyptic world. But yeah, I think this is a pretty good, gives a pretty strong indication that they're still pretty close to Atlanta. Where, where this series basically started.
1: Very close.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Extremely close because not only did he have to get to Atlanta, find Noah, realize what's happening, use Carol as a Trojan horse and go back to the camp where Rick and, the rest of the gang are are staying like they, he would have to have done that all that in like less than a day or yep. within 24 hours because yeah because abraham gave them 24 hours he's like oh no he gave them 12 hours He's like if you don't uh if what was it like if you don't find bob in like 12 hours we're leaving without you so it all happened within 12 hours time frame
0: yeah we don't know exactly when that ult. because they were already missing when that ultimatum was issued Uh, So we don't know exactly how long they were gone before that, but yeah, it's, it seems like it's a safe thing to say. Uh, Do we have any other uh, moments or either, either dialogue or or performance choices that we want to highlight? For me, I think one of my favorite bits of performance from, uh, from Emily Kinney is the little smile she gives when Noah gets out through the gate.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. love that scene. That was great. I actually love the way this episode was directed because it's a director who I'm not familiar with. Um, I'm not even entirely sure if he's directed any episodes of The Walking Dead prior, but I thought he did actually a really good job with the episode. Like, I like the strobe effect. I like the slow motion towards the end. I like the way Beth sort of, like, kills all of these walkers. And, you know, when they're in the dark tunnels and going through the elevator shaft, it's all dark. And so you just get the, the, the quick flashes of the, the gunshots. I like the way they use the ringing sound to indicate how the characters have sort of had a momentary loss of hearing. I thought that whole sequence was fantastic. I love the way it's directed. I love the way it was lit. I like the shot on the roof where we actually get to see the city in the background. That was fantastic. And we get to see the sniper in the background also, who's sort of like the watchdog. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like I like the way it was edited. I like the way it was shot. I didn't notice the score this week, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think last week I said I wasn't a big fan of the score. Usually I love the composer's work. Uh, this week I just didn't really notice it.
0: Um, I'll just chime in quickly with, of course, this director has directed one other episode on the, the series previously, The Grove. And I know how you what? feel about The Grove, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to direct one more in the second half of this uh, of the season as well, episode fifteen. Um, he's currently slated to direct it. Um, uh, did you have any moments or, or shots that you wanted to talk about, DePayan?
2: Well, uh, I'd I'd just go back to highlighting that uh, that scene of of Beth and Noah's escape through the tunnel and out into the out into the courtyard. And I, I you know, I, I second the motion that 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 scene was really well done, just all the way through. From the just brief flashes from the gun um, to to the ringing and and the muffled sounds once they get outside and everything, it was it was all really well done. Um, outside of that, Tyler James Williams, uh, you know, once again, very impressive in in what I think is perhaps his most serious role today. Uh, I've, I've always liked him as a comic actor. I've always felt he was a little bit underrated, and it's good to see that when it when when it comes to dramatic stuff, he can also uh, impress very well. Uh, and also, Christine Woods' Dawn, uh, actually, I also did like quite a bit. Uh, the last serious thing I saw her in was Flash Forward, and she's obviously given more to do here than she was there. So uh, overall, I, I really did like the the, the cast of supporting characters who sh- seemingly showed up just for this arc. Uh, you know, I even enjoyed, like you said, Keisha Castle, Hughes as little bit as Joan. And I, I like to imagine that the moment she got the call for Game of Thrones, she went to The Walking Dead and said, yep, I'm out, write my character out.
0: i'm looking forward to seeing her next year on game of thrones certainly yeah
1: actually i just want to quickly mention the fact that i was surprised they had electricity and i do love to touch because this is by the way kate this was on my wish list uh Mm -hmm. last season i was like why can't we just have them listen to music and vinyl records or whatever and this episode we have the doctor sitting in his messy office listening to vinyl records i think he was listening to junior kimbrough and uh, and I like the fact that he has, like, this painting, which he's sort of collected and or stole from the uh, Atlantis High Museum, I believe. And the painting is The Denial of St. Peter, which, of course, brings the whole, like, St. Peter monologue that he tells Beth, Beth later on in the episode. But, um, I don't know, I just like this idea, because it reminded me of, the, of Milton, right? Remember how Milton listened to jazz records and he was very much like a a fan of like the arts and yeah i just like i like these characters characters like milton and this doctor
0: yeah um we we've been talking about uh the the there are a couple elements here of where there's some believability issues and them having power is one for me, at least. Me too. Uh, I was willing to go with it because it's necessary for this world that they're trying to establish for these arcs. Uh, but another one is also the, the gun. How many bullets was in that gun? That I bet know. That? It was ridiculous.
1: I said the exact same thing while watching. I, I watched the episodes of, with my nephew and I'm like, how many rounds does she have? And my nephew's like, what's well, the walking dead? It never makes sense when it comes to like them pulling the trigger. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, he's like, I've watched every single episode. Cause he was, he was referencing this old, like uh Clint Eastwood movie. Dead. Um, what was it? Uh, Deadpool
0: and dirty, uh, Harry?
1: dirty Harry. Was it, what was it? Deadpool Five or, or
0: six shots?
1: Yeah, exactly. That whole famous like line that he has delivered. And, uh, yeah, apparently they always fire more rounds than they actually should have in the gun.
2: Well, I'm I'm reminded of the, the season two finale with Herschel and the shotgun, and he just kept pumping and shooting, pumping and shooting, pumping and shooting, I think for five minutes straight without having to reload the gun even once. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So, so so, this is a problem that has plagued the show forever. It's just a kind of a just go with it moment for the show at this point.
0: Yeah, I would have rather seen her uh, put together some sort of a makeshift machete and get a little bit more you know, head on, because we know that she can do that as well. Uh, that would have been a little less annoying for me.
2: Uh, here's a question I have uh, about about the hospital, and the, and the more I think about it, the more I, I sort of get curious about the infrastructure, which is why I'm glad we're, we're going back there for another episode, I guess. Uh, you know, Don talks about how they're working towards the greater good, but it seemed pretty obvious at some point the officers were only rescuing the people they felt would be useful to the hospital. So either, you know, women they found attractive or people with specific life skills, like, like the doctor. Uh, Do you think Dawn was, was involved in the planning of those things, or it was just another one of those things she let slide that she'd take care of once high powers came in to, to relieve her of her command.
1: Hmm. I think it's one of those situations where, um, they set off with a plan and at first it looks, you know, it looks like a really well thought out idea and, but in practice, it's sort of like a nightmare. So maybe at the beginning it was working for everybody, but then when they start getting, you know, characters like what's his name again? Gorman. Mm -hmm. Can't can't remember this guy's name, whatever. Um, She starts slowly losing control. And so in order to sort of keep her position, she has to keep these people happy. So therefore, she does things like turn. she she will turn a blind eye and she will sacrifice some people and not waste resources, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it basically got out of control. And I don't think – I can't really blame her. Like I think she's no different than anybody else in the show where she's trying to survive. But that doesn't necessarily make me forgive her for all the things that she's still doing wrong
0: this feels like a series of compromises um that started out so we started out with a shining ideal and then uh people like gorman saw a, an opening and asserted more and more power and she just compromised once too many to the point where she wasn't she was just going to keep going and not look back
1: yeah well there's an interesting moment in In which Beth finally tells her off and she's sort of like shocked and surprised because she's taken back. Like she's shocked that Beth is actually telling her off and she actually does have this courage and she's a lot stronger than she thought she was. And so that's an interesting moment. And I think that's sort of like it's her not really snapping into reality, but almost, you know what I mean? She's almost like seeing the situation for what it really is. But then she decides to go back into denial.
0: Well, because, of course, the way she reacts to that is not, she does have that moment of, of performance from the actress where she kind of, like, pulls back a little bit. But then she reacts by literally lashing out and knocking Beth out, just punching yeah. her in the face. So she immediately rejects that. Uh, she, has, she's, she thinks momentarily of, oh, this person's not who I assumed that the mousy girl that she looked like maybe she would be uh and then immediately reacted against it
1: yeah i think the last thing i have to say is i'm really shocked that they would cast someone like keisha castle hughes in a role in which she gets maybe like five or ten
2: minutes of screen time and dies
0: michael raymond james they've done it before
2: right yeah you're right oh man michael raymond james played such an interesting character too i was i was so mad when he died yeah
0: I was certainly bummed when Keisha Castle Hughes died here. I was like, Are they seriously gonna have you know, like they they just had Bob get his leg cut off. So they went from Herschel, you know, having not having the leg to Bob not having the leg to now it's gonna be Joan who doesn't have an arm. Like I just assumed she was gonna be with the the larger group when Daryl and Carol showed up. So that it was a surprise to me when, you know, they took her out.
2: It's for the group and and there was Merle as well with his one arm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so
1: true. So I think maybe we had the right arm, the left arm, the right leg, the left leg.
0: Oh, The Walking Dead.
2: Between Bob Herschel, uh, <laughs> Joan, and Merle, we have
0: one full person. I
1: know. We just need a head now and a torso.
0: Lovely. <laughs> cool. Well, Herschel did get his head cut off, so there's that. <laughs> um, I'm I'm sorry
2: if anyone was offended. We we mean yeah. no harm. It's oh, gallows it. humor here
0: at The Walking yeah. Dead podcast.
1: Um, I also... Yeah, Sarah, I just really like the title of the episode, Slabtown, and um, I think that's about it. I think we are all on the same page. I think we all think that Carol is basically a Trojan horse, like I said, like, she's going in to rescue Beth, and um, that excites me.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't make sense for her to be on her own and get brought in. Just from from what we know about Carol, that doesn't make sense, so it's got to be something else, and... That, you know, I, it was here. Here, I was thinking we'd get all this conversation about what does Beth mean, but we all, or what does Carol mean at the end, but we are all on the same page. So,
1: yeah, but everybody knows that in the comic book, Andrea survives, at least for quite a while. Like, I haven't read, like, I'm not, you know, caught up in the Walking Dead comic books, but she survives. And in the TV show, she dies right away. And I think that because Carol is now, like, a fan favorite, I think they're going to replace Andrea's role with Carol. So I don't see Carol going anywhere anytime soon. I think she's like Daryl. She's sort of, like, untouchable at this point.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, obviously, I don't know the comics, but, I, I like, she's one of the characters that I, I feel like she's safe. It would take a lot for her to not be to not get out of a situation given what they've established about her um do we have any final thoughts about this episode or uh or the sending uh, de payan
2: no i think i've said everything i need to say uh i'm actually very impressed with the quality of the walking dead this season uh and i and i hope they they sort of maintain this this high caliber of uh you know this this interesting arcs that they've been following. I think the the smaller arcs have been doing them a lot of favors in in terms of making things more fascinating and and more worth uh tuning in for.
0: Uh this time last year we were uh we were at the the prison outbreak and then shortly after there the governor so yeah I'm 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 on board with The Walking Dead Season 5. What an improvement over just a year. Ricky, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, BC, here's my worry. is Last season, the first four episodes, we were pretty positive.
0: Yeah, and we. I like that, the disease, but the what came next, man?
1: Yeah, what came next was the governor. So I'm happy with The Walking Dead. I think, you know, it's, it's funny. One of our listeners, I can't remember who it was, but... They said, uh, you always start off very positive in watching The Walking Dead, and as the season progresses, you start hating it, and then you start liking it towards the end. So it seems like it always starts strong, and then right before the midseason break, they make some stupid decisions, and then they come back, and then it's sort of not great, and then it ends well. So I'm just hoping it's just going to be a good season from start to finish this time around.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what happens, but knowing that next week they'll be resolving this theoretically uh, and before moving on to the last few episodes uh, Ooh, with you you, know,
1: you think
0: yeah you, you don't think they're going to you think they're going to extend this stuff out for more than one more episode
1: well i don't know here's where i, I mean i don't watch the uh, the next on whatever you call it is it the um the sneak peek
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, montage clip that they play at the end of the at uh, the end of the episode so i have no idea what they're going to do next week but i think they're going to return back to rick grimes and abraham like i don't think we're going to spend one more episode with beth in the hospital
0: well but they they have to as far as i'm concerned they have to resolve this beth and carol stuff because because of daryl but i guess i think that daryl has everybody with him i don't think carol is by herself and daryl went back to get everybody else
1: i think that basically carol's like a trojan horse right and i think we're all on the same page but it's it's a matter of Does that mean that Daryl goes in and saves Carol, Beth, and brings Noah along and returns back to the camp? And so when we see him in the last episode, the people in the shadows are like Noah, Carol, and Beth. And or does it mean that he goes back for help? But here's the problem. If he actually saves and rescues Beth and Carol when they're in the hospital, that's like a pretty short span of time to do all of that, which is a lot, and then return back to the camp. Like, that very same night. Like, that's less than 12 hours. So that's the thing. And, and and if he does return back with Carol, then it's bad news. Because based on his facial expression, something's wrong. Which means Carol's probably injured and or bit or something. So I'm hoping Carol gets kidnapped and he goes back for help. To go okay. rescue Carol. It's one of those two.
0: Okay. I could see that. And then this could be the next several episodes.
1: Yeah, like like I think he's going to go back for help and they're going to go rescue Carol and Beth cuz I just can't imagine him like it's too short like it's like seriously tw- like not even 12 hours there's no way.
0: What do you think, Tiffin?
2: Yeah, no that that actually does sound plausible. It it may be possible that they've got Carol in there and the idea is that Daryl's going to get help and uh Rick, Daryl, Michonne and everyone are going to attack them from the outside and while they're distracted with these uh, you know, they're, while they're distracted, defending it from the outside, Carol and Beth are going to launch an assault from the inside. And, and so then the two forces are going to meet in the middle and just take care of business, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that does make sense. So, it, it, you know, it, it would follow the reason that if Daryl found Noah, then Noah's the one hiding in the bushes. And they're going to use Noah to strategize on, on how to best attack the hospital.
1: Well, and he knows the hospital inside out. So, yeah, Yeah. that's what I think, because because that's what I want, because the thing is, if not, then I think it's bad news, because I think it means like Harold dies and or is injured and or bit based on the way he shows up. He doesn't look like a happy camper.
0: Okay, that that does make sense. The only I mean, I haven't seen the next week on uh, trailer either. The only thing I have to go off of is the title of the next episode, which is self-help.
1: Self-help. Yep. Self-help.
0: But on that note, it's time to wrap up the Walking Dead podcast. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Dipayan, where can our listeners find you and your work online?
2: Uh, well, you can find me on, mostly on Sound On site. Uh You can find me on Twitter at Dnipay, and you can find me on Sound On site, uh reviewing a number of shows. Uh, I currently do weekly reviews of uh, The Affair and Awkward, as well as drop-in reviews for... Person of Interest, and Jane the Virgin, and Supernatural on our TV section. Uh, and I encourage you to generally check out our TV section because we've got a whole slew of writers covering a whole slew of shows, uh, and it's it's excellent work being done week in, week out there. Uh, but, yes, mostly you can find me on Sound On site.
0: And Ricky?
1: On Twitter, sound on site. Like us on Facebook, of course, sound on site. And follow us on Tumblr, sound on site. I do review The Walking Dead on written form. I do publish my reviews Sunday night, so I would appreciate it if more people would read my reviews. Um, so for those of you who do, thank you very much. But yeah, you know, we release the podcast either Tuesday night or Wednesday sometimes. So if you want to know what I think of the episode before listening to the podcast, read my reviews.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at The Televerse. The Televerse is a TV podcast I co-host at Sound on Sight, covering the rest of TV. And uh, you can also find, uh, let's see, right now I'm reviewing Doctor Who which is will be wrapping up its season, but doing drop-ins on several other shows once once I'm a little less under the weather. That is, uh, but yeah, lot, like you said, Pine, lots of great stuff happening at Sound and Sight, and you can also find some of my work at the AV Club as well. But just hit me up on Twitter. That's the easiest way to get get in touch. And uh, thank you again so so much, Pine for coming on. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Next week, we'll be looking at uh, Episode 5 of Season 5, as I said earlier, Self-Help, written by Heather Belson and directed by Ernest Dickerson. We'll be back next week to talk about self-help.
3: Hey there. I hope I'm not interrupting.
1: Dawn was just asking
3: for a key. Was she now? See, I was just with Dawn, and I don't seem to remember that. It's okay. Maybe she doesn't have to know. Maybe there's another solution, you know? A little win-win for both of us. So how about it, Bethy? We gonna work something out here? Good girl. I'm She's not such a team player. Lucky for me, you're not a fighter. But mine So I was supposed But mine But I don't Read my soul Belive I Have a Bible In my home I Have a Bible In my home But I don't Read my soul Belive Hmm Father you tell me How to read Father you tell me How to read But I don't Read my soul Belive Nobody falls but mine, oh, Lord. Nobody falls but mine. If I my double life, Ah the Bible I'm home by the my son belongs. Oh, mother, she taught me how to read. Mother, she taught me how to read. By the my son belongs, nobody fall but mine. I. Oh, no. Nobody's falls but mine. I don't read my subbillah. And so that she told me how to read. So that she told me how to read. I don't read my subbillah. Nobody's fault but mine.